By the end of this podcast, you'll learn whether Man United's attack is finally clicking and how good Phil Foden has been this season. Welcome to The Knobcast, a podcast giving City and United fans their weekly fix of football analysis and debate, with a focus on banter rather than bias. In the long-awaited return of The Knobcast, delayed due to illnesses from both hosts, we'll be discussing... Manchester City's crucial win against Brentford as Liverpool dropped points in the title race. It was essential the City got the win and they absolutely did thanks to Phil Foden. We'll be discussing him, City's performance generally, Phil Foden's performances this season generally and also Man United overcoming West Ham. Has the attack finally clicked? Hoyland's fired, Hoyland's firing, Hoyland's firing, not Hoyland. Four Premier League goals in his last four Premier League games. The attack was a big issue at the start of the season. Has that issue now been remedied? To discuss those issues and more, including viewer questions from our Patreon supporters, Nobbins, that's me, hello Man City fan, is joined as always by my Man United co-host, Gasky. Hello, hello. You good to be back? Oh yes, of course. It's, it's, been, a, it's been a choppy start to 2024, but... Hopefully from now we can push on and both our teams can do well. Indeed, yes. And that's mainly my fault, guys. I just keep getting ill. I'm in fact ill right now. So apologies if I sound even worse than usual. But I'd say what wasn't worse than usual, Phil Foden and Man City generally against Brentford as they beat them 3-1 in the Premier League. Again, massively important three points given the context of Liverpool dropping three points at the Emirates. I want to give Foden his own separate section, Gasky. So yeah. obviously you can still talk a touch on him because it's hard not to touch him because he did score a hat-trick. But how did you uh, see this game? Um, and in fact, I think that if it links to this, before we even started, you messaged me saying, you've got a very controversial take on this game. Yeah. So I'd like to... Yeah. Well, I, I don't um, know what that is. Not, obviously, yeah, obviously in the end of the game, it doesn't matter. But I personally think Brentford's goal should have been disallowed. Personally. Oh. Based on the fact that when the ball was kicked by the goalkeeper, Tony's in an offside position and then he interferes with Ake clearing the ball. So does that not make him active? You can't be offside from a goal kick. Even if the player's offside? Right. I didn't know that was a rule. I thought even though the kick was taken and Tony was offside, he's interfered with If Tony touched it, you would be absolutely right. But, but because, even, even him nudging the player, though, does that not make him active? Yeah, because it's it's still the same. It's the ball is still the same from the goal kick, so it's still the same. But he rule was offside of, when the keeper kicked it. Ex- he was he was offside, but because the keeper's kicked then, it, no one's touched it, so it's still from the goal yeah, kick. But, right, okay. Because I was just thinking, like, well, he's started well technically, then he shouldn't be an active player in that attack because if he touches it, he's offside. But then as soon as he starts stopping Ake from hitting the ball, that makes him active. But if he's offside, if he touched it, would that not mean he's offside him getting in the way of Ake? No, he's got to touch it, I think. That's the rule. It's a bit weird for me, but yeah. (laughs) Anyway, anyway, that was a controversial take. It would have been if it was 1-0. It would have been a bit more, but... (laughs) So again, what what were your thoughts sort of um, on on this game and the performance generally? Um, I I felt it was... I felt I was thinking at half-time if it was going to go 1-0 in... It was going to be one of those games where the opposition goalkeeper just was just having the game of his life because he's been so bad this season for Brentford, this new keeper. You know, nowhere near Reyes levels, but decided he's going to have a game of his life. Eventually, I think the result fairly represented the game. I didn't think Brentford were that bad, really. But 
City were just that good on the ball. The, the you know, like, they were, they were brilliant. But I won't touch on Foden too much because, obviously, you're going to do your own bit with that. But again, he was brilliant. I felt even De Bruyne was a bit under par, but that shows how good City are when he's under par, other players step up. But they were very, very good, and it shows, you know, the, the, that they're having their run now. City are having this run where people get scared. And they win every game and they're comfortable. But I just my only issue with it, with the team at the moment when oh, I watched when I watched issue. Tell me more. Was this I still feel like he's trying to force Alvarez in this team. Yes. Especially with Haaland and De Bruyne now starting, he's still trying to force him. He needs to, he's the sub striker, and I think he needs to realise that he is the sub striker. Like Jesus was. Don't try and push him in because the, when the second I forgot he was on the pitch most of the time in the second half he had a couple of chances in the first half yeah but in the second half I completely forgot he was on the pitch because he just I don't even think he touched the ball that much and I totally agree you might as yeah you might as well have Kovacic on there who's gonna do a bit more deeper role but Alvarez would just pick the ball up in that deep position and make a charge and run in the box that's about it and if you're not gonna look for him there's no point in him being there I can't remember uh, any other player under Pep a city where he's been so desperate to squeeze him into the team, even like Aguero was being, you know, sometimes squeezed out of the team to accommodate like wide players playing up front in- instead of him. It's it's the exact opposite for Alvarez. And as you say, I can't, I don't understand what the reason is. We, we've touched on the issues a lot this season, and he did do well in the first half in terms of like you know shooting from distance. He's always been a great ball striker. We know that, but. It just, I looked at that lineup and I was like, what is happening here? Foden and Alvarez and De Bruyne and Haaland at Brentford. That was the thing. Because we played that same front five at Burnley, first game of the season, you know, when De Bruyne was uh, yeah. fit for 20 minutes. But that was against Burnley. So it didn't really matter about that. Whereas Brentford are obviously a much better team with, 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 with much bigger threats. And as you say, he, he Alvarez looks lost when he's asked to get involved in build-up play, he almost gets in the way sometimes. Like, there were so many moments where City actually had a counter-attack and it fell to Alvarez and the attack breaks down because he just... He plays it, he plays it back. He doesn't he doesn't have the ability to play it yeah. like kill a ball. Yeah. Exactly. It's, it's a very weird situation. So 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 I, I do hope that Pep doesn't doesn't persist with this. I'm with you. I think it should realistically be one or the other Hall and or or Alvarez, or if you are going to play them both, then you can't also play De Bruyne and Foden in the midfield. I don't personally think it will work. Well, you, you look at the goal, for example, and you look at a lot of the chances that Brentford had, it was so open because you're down to your back four and Rodri, and that's mm. it. You know, there's no one else to slot in, and the amount of chances where they just, there was so much space for Brentford, but the final ball was just poor from them. Yeah, so definitely like a, a stronger quality opposition maybe punishes us. Um, for the most part, I thought Brentford, of course, they defended for their lives. Why Why wouldn't you? They, they made it tricky for City by just like by camping in and around their box and trying to hit us on the counter. Um, but for the most part, I, I know like City obviously went one or down. The goal was stupid. But, but I thought that was one of the actually the best first, first halves from City in terms of control, limiting genuine yeah. chances, having lots of chances. I think I think there was a stat I think they mentioned on uh, Sky Sports. So is it the most chances or shots on target they've had in the Premier League? 
May, maybe like in the first half or maybe like the most goalkeeper saves yeah. or something mental he had that many he had that many it was ridiculous yeah <laughs> and we were taking long shots but that's not a bad thing when you've got Alvarez De Bruyne Rodri Foden who are all, who are all Hall and who are all very good at shooting from outside the box so I know Thomas Frank in his interview after said oh we limited we limited them to shots from outside the box first half I don't know if I think that's I don't even know yeah. if I agree that's well, a good thing well, it's like it's like yeah is do you see it as a good thing and your goalkeeper was meeting all of them which is great but all it takes is one to go in and it and they were win. some very good saves as well yeah some of yeah, them some of them were very good yeah. absolutely um, but yeah uh, Brentford for the most part weren't really in the game that that third goal was I celebrated that third goal more than any other goal because at that stage City were a bit sloppy defensively the game was sort of running away from us we were allowing Brentford a few chances yeah. and then the, the cincher if anything Edison was clattering into people <laughs> <laughs> excuse me yeah. if anything Gasky I think mm. the cincher goal to base to kill the game off I prefer that to a goal which uh, gets you into the winning position do you know what I mean yeah that that the one to bring the two goal lead back type thing yeah, yeah. to be like right now it's a security blanket sort of thing like well, that I celebrate is, that, that was, even more yeah, exactly. Because that, well, then, unless you're a fan of my team, especially midweek against Wolves, when you thought the dominator done that, but he hadn't because the team is crap. <laughs> but, but yeah, that, that then them goals are the most important because um, I know it wasn't two 0 but two 0 is the worst goal line in football. It's horrendous because you give a you give a team a sniff, they can go win it. But that third, especially for a hat trick and a goal in the a goal at that point where he made it was that good of a goal for me that he made Brentford look like they were poor defending. Went really. He made a run and he kind of baited them into thinking he was going to pass and he just dribbled it through. Yeah. It was great. And it was a great goal. Let's talk, let's talk about Foden then, shall we? Because you've, you've brought him up. Obviously, hat-trick hero, his second hat-trick for Man City. Three very different goals as well. First one, yeah. opportunistic positioning, gambling on Brentford's defenders making a mistake, gets in the right position, lovely chest control, nice finish. Second goal, ridiculous ball by De Bruyne. Cushioned header, only the second header he's ever scored. His first header actually was his first Premier League goal against Spurs in the domestic treble season. Um, and then it just lovely cushioned, uh, uh, accurate header. And then the third one, similar to like one of the goals he scored against Leipzig, receiving the ball, driving through, finishing it off. Three very different goals from a player who I would struggle to name for, you know, other players who have been better than him in the Premier League this season. I think he's been City's yeah. best player. And I think that, again, I can't think of many who've been better than him this season in the Premier League generally. And that's not hyperbole from the hat-trick. I thought that beforehand. This is just like the cherry on the cake. How impressed have you been, Gasky, with Foden this season? And, in, yeah, and he, just in the he, Brentford game as well. Yeah, he's been he's been one of the most consistent players this season. You know, there's been a, there's been a handful of players who, who had, you know, bright sparks in the season and then dropped off, but he has been heavily consistent through the whole season, especially with the pressure with, you know, De Bruyne and Haaland being injured. And he's had to step up in both goal scoring and creating sides. And he has. So I think he's got, what, got eight goals, seven assists this season, which is great, great stats to have. And yeah, there's there's not many players who are playing in the Premier League at that level every single game. Like I can't even think of the last game where his form probably dropped off. You know, some mm. some of the results that they've had that have not been great for City. Foden's the one player you take where you say he's had a good game, and yeah, and there's not many players who who 
I, I would say top three, maybe top two, you know, in the yeah. league. Really. Gen- gen- I mean, genuinely, let's have that thought experiment right now. Who has been better than Foden in the Premier League of the season? People will say Salah. I disagree. I think I don't even Sa- think he's been Sa- Liverpool's Sa- best player. The thing with Salah, yeah, the thing with Salah is it's not saying Salah's had a bad season, but Salah has been that good that he's his level is a lot higher than Foden's. I would say in terms of what he has to reach. And, sure. he's, he's, and Salah this season, Salah scoring however many goals he scored this season, he's still been under par, and that's Salah's level. Yeah, that, that's you what know. I mean. His, his his numbers have been very impressive, as they were last season. But in yeah. terms of like the performances, I think that in fact, I think lots of Liverpool fans even agree with this. Most wouldn't say he's been their best player this season. I think most would no, say Trent's been their best player, probably. Oh, oh he's, he's in comparison to previous years. Like last season, most of the Liverpool team was poor. Salah just got the numbers up. He didn't play great this season. He's not been playing great. But when you get the numbers, it doesn't really matter. Yeah, other players then can deal with the rest. Yeah, it, so, it, it doesn't Foden, matter from a, yeah. a fan argument perspective because they'll just go, well, he got 20 goals, therefore he's played well. Uh, it's not necessarily not, not true. Necessarily, because most, you know, a, a great striker is someone who taps the ball in the net in the box. Doesn't mean, you know, he's had a, he's just doing his job, really. Yeah, doesn't mean they've been like, had, had a great game. Yeah, you can have yeah. a stinker, but score a goal. And well, um, Nicholas Jackson brings against Tottenham, for example. Very good crap. point. And it's got a hat trick. Yeah, that's the, the worst <laughs> so, hat trick I think I've ever seen. It is expected goals of like eight. I think it, it was had, like yours on. A, it was like yours so. on pro clubs the the other day. Exactly. I, that was a that was a great hat trick. <laughs> <laughs> it's all three deflected tappings. Like, yeah. but 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 it was. Yeah, 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 trick, yeah so. again. So well, yeah, yeah. You don't have them games, do you? Trent. I think you might say has been. Be- if we're saying he's been Liverpool's best player, you might say Trent. Yeah. Uh, maybe like a Van Dyke potentially or an Allison. Um, people might say Son or Madison at Spurs. I, I wouldn't. Again, from from like Madison's yeah, yeah, been out injured. Injured. Whereas if you're looking, if you're looking at players that have played, let's say what twenty of the twenty three games that have been played this season. Yeah, for Arsenal, Declan Rice maybe, but it's yeah. slim pickings. I think it's at least it top is, five. You might be is. right. It might be top three. Yeah, some people would argue top one. I don't know if I'd go that far, but by the end of the season, if he keeps playing like this. There is no reason why he can't. Oh, easily. He did he'd get he might get fifteen plus goals, fifteen plus assists, and then he go and personally it's hard to argue player of the year arguments then. Yeah, I totally agree. What what um what position do you want slash foresee Foden's final position be? And I'm not to- we we all know the answer's midfield. I'm not talking no. about general term midfield. I'm saying should he, if, and if we have to compare him to another player, do we see him as a 10, an attacking midfielder, someone who's purely focused on creativity? Or what I might be edging more towards and what maybe Guardiola seems to be turning him into is a more all-round midfielder, more of an eight rather than a 10. Someone who's comfortable dropping deep, linking up play, obviously still get involved in the attacking phases, but not strictly an attacking midfielder, more so an all-rounder. What, yeah. what do you think, Asky? I mean, and also from an England perspective, what would you prefer? Yeah, I would, it's difficult because I, I would, I would edge him more to an eight You'd from edge both. Eight, eight, from uh, a, you know, from uh, rather than a 10 based on he's, the third goal shown exactly how good he is in that 10 role, you know, running off the striker and then charging into the box. But then also, sometimes in that 10 position, you'd usually get starved of the ball. 
in terms of you're not involved that much. The the eight does most of the involvement, gives it to you in the positions he scored his third goal. Whereas you look at you look at England, for example, and the potential future, I'd think I'd rather have Bellingham at ten. And but then that leaves that massive eight hole open, which there's not many players England have. So mm. Foden in there would be would be perfect to so go link up with Rice and then push on from there. So I think I either he's capable of playing either, which is how good he is, and also even playing wide. I don't I'm not a huge fan of him playing wide. Yeah. Because he just he's a waste of talent, basically. He will never be an elite so, winger. Never. No, no, exactly. So I think eight eight is probably his best bet. Interesting. So and a more because that, that that's really interesting, isn't it? And I, I totally agree with you. But if you asked me like a few years ago, I'd have gone, yeah, just classic 10, attacker midfielder. I didn't think there would be this level of maturity to his game. And I think Guardiola's yeah. seen that now, like he's more willing to, like he's creating systems which allow De Bruyne and Foden to play together in the midfield rather than just one or the other. And if he can, because that for me, that's that's the last piece of the puzzle in his midfield development. He, it's not, it, there's no issue with the ball. He's now added this season that, quote, pauser thing that we talk about, you know, uh, the ability to slow down the game, control it. Uh, ever since that Crystal Palace mistake, really, you know, he drove into all the Palace defenders for yeah. no reason. And then we give away a penalty. Well, he gives away a penalty against Brentford, for example. So many moments where he could have played the pass forward, but he was like, no, I'm going to calm it down. Recycle. We'll start again. That, that, that's a nice thing to add. So he's so from an yeah. on-ball perspective, I don't think there's really any weaknesses from mid, in the midfield. The only thing now is how good are you defensively off the ball when you know, you've know you got yeah. to sit alongside Rodri? Because that's what Bernardo Silva can do, Nunes. That, that's what David Silva could do, De Bruyne. That's the one missing piece. Did you, yeah, did you concur? It's doing, it's doing the that Gundogan role from last year, isn't it? Yes, of, of filling in that filling in that gap, Bernardo Silva can do it. I wouldn't say he's a great hit. He's not a brilliant hit, and I feel like he's Bernardo Silva gets wasted a bit back there because I think he's a great attacker, and mm-hmm. I think you know it's 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 clear it's clear that Guardiola wants to have that eight be more aggressive player, a more attacking player, and he does play the risks of the attacks that Brentford had, where these massive holes. But I think Foden's the long term solution in that position. Especially with De Bruyne playing playing at ten, yeah, definitely. It's that David Silva was a ten, but he was also an eight. He could he could do it all. De Bruyne, likewise, people very weirdly say he's not even a midfielder. He's a second striker. He's a forward player. Not true. Um, he's very capable of also playing. You know, dropping deep alongside the defensive midfielder, forming that double pivot. And he's, I think, Foden's an old twenty three. I think he's gonna be twenty four in like a, a couple months. So let's call him twenty four. That's still rel- no, that's still relatively young, and it's still another six years before you hit your well peak, really. Yeah, and and I just feel like this season there's just been this massive step up. The maturity as well has been so good to see, and w- with that, con- in turn, building on the successes of this season going into this next season, I think we could genuine there could genuinely be a world where Pep trusts Foden just to be that guy in the middle and to take on that Gundogan mantle. Um, Definitely. You're only going to get that with practice and doing, aren't you? And he's been doing that. And if he just keeps showing Pep and giving Pep more confidence that he can do it, there's no reason why he can't be that guy. Yeah, definitely. 100%. Yeah, and and yeah, just fantastic. Yesterday had nearly 100 touches 
from midfield, a, a, a inverting from the left wing, also roaming around. Um, I really like that free role for Foden. I think he thrives off, thrives off it as well. In interviews, he's always saying, I want to play midfield. I want to be there. I want to be there. He loves the burden and the responsibility and dropping deep. Yeah, he's, he's definitely more than, quote, just an attacking midfielder or just a 10. He wants to be involved everywhere. And that's fantastic to see. Good, good to have, yeah. Yeah. And it's massive for City, obviously. Only one point behind, no, sorry, two points behind Liverpool, but with a game in hand. Which is Brentford, isn't it? Which is Brentford at home, yes. <laughs> exactly, yeah. yeah. Very, very weird. Um, but, that, but there we go. Anything else you wanted to touch on there, uh, Gasky, about City with Brentford game? No, I think I think uh, their their result has now blown the title race wide open. It's a potentially a free horse race looking mm. at performances. And it's going to be another situation where City now have two teams chasing them down by the looks of it. Yeah, absolutely. So it'll be interesting to see. Definitely. Uh, fi- my final takeaway from that Brentford game just got to iron out these silly defensive errors. Um, yeah. And once that happens will be like the, the true defensive all-conquering force yeah, that we were yeah, last there's, season. Yeah, it's, it's the odd error, but again, they're not the only team. Every team's doing it. Like It's like, I don't know what Edison was doing for that one incident. No, it's um, he, he, he had a bad had a game, by the way, Edison. He just had a yeah, bad yeah, game. Yeah, he, he had a rush of blood. But, yeah. yeah the commentator to, said, calm down, I think the commentator said, it was Onana, like. <laughs> which, which is quite funny, actually, because I was, when I was watching the United Class. game, me and my brother were just there going on about these commentators that are just so anti-United recently. It's ridiculous. Yeah. And it was the same commentator. I did not surprise me he made that comment. Because he clearly can't stand United. Yeah. <laughs> it's quite funny. I've quite enjoyed it recently. Well, speaking of United, Gasky, shall we pivot towards yeah, your club? Um, a much-needed win against West Ham. Hoyland now getting four Premier League goals in a row. I would... Well, let's touch on Hoyland, shall we, first of all, before we just touch about touch on the match generally. I think that you and I have been very consistent with Hoyland. And we've yep. both been, we've both defended it. We've, we've said, look, he's got to improve in some areas, but we have both said, we, we've both defended him. And we've said that really it's his teammates who need to do a better job of finding him and getting him yep. in those positions rather than it really being an issue with Hoyland. Would you say that that uh, faith ha- is being rewarded? Yes. Yeah, definitely. Based on, I think a simple fact I saw was eight before the last couple of games, eight, uh, five of his eight goals had no assists which tells you how starved he's been for people to find him. That, wait, what, sorry, what's um, that stat? That's mad. So so five go- five of his eight goals this season had no assists. That's it was, insane. It was either like a, defle- you know, like a deflection which removes the assist or he's had to create it himself. Yeah. Yeah. And that tells you how much what he's been playing on. So, yeah, he's been, last few weeks he's been brilliant. He's he's like, the, get, the goal against West Ham proved... Um, but out of his ability, he, he he dropped two defenders and then even with his weak foot, smashed it in the bottom corner. Brilliant goal. Uh, he's getting assists as well. The hold-up play is brilliant. Um, he's, he's, assist, he's assist against Wolves for Rashford, holding off the defender and laying it off to him. He's doing everything he can as a striker, but the only issue is, is obviously like with Ganaucho and Manu there as well, they are young players. They're going to, the pass is not going to be great. It's going to be struggling every now and then, but they just need to find him. Let him be on that last man. The, like his his goal against I know I know it's the West Ham game we're going to talk about but Wolves he's playing Shaw just drilled it at the, into the six yard box and he tapped in he got lucky but he tapped in in the six yard box they're the crosses that need to come in just drill it into the six yard box and let him tap it in and that's what they lack of there's too much turning back and whatnot but 
there's there is faith now and he's putting the ball in the net and he's taking chances he's, he's, you know he's, he's starting to I do feel like he's starting to click in that attack now especially when you feel there's more protection in defence you know you've got uh, Casemiro's fit again and he's played quite well the last couple of games uh, Mainu obviously has been absolutely a brilliant brilliant player especially his, his goal against Wolves and yeah it's they're all they're all getting involved and it's all clicking more they've scored 72 games considering they've scored like 24 all season which is great and it's all coming together you feel like it is sometimes they're not controlling games still you know teams are having a sniff and attacking at them too much and they're just losing the ball you just need to get a grip on the games when these teams start attacking and then I feel like they'll be in a good spot to fight for the top four yeah it, it, or, or maybe top five depending on how the English teams oh, yeah, doing the, the teams, doesn't it? Yeah. They're doing Europe yeah, yeah potentially so with, with with the attack, Rashford, is that still an issue for you? How he's been uh, performing in recent Ra- Ra- weeks? Rashford's, yeah, Rashford's a weird one because, like, he, he scored. He scored against Wolves. Um, he was getting. He had quite a game against West Ham. He, he, nothing drastic. He was tracking back, but I don't know. It's just. It's, it feels like there's something there. You know, some of that. There's no, it's not that excitement that we had last season, and he's been very quiet this season. He, I think he'll admit, you know, he's been poor. But I don't know. I, I just feel like I've lost that kind of. He's the main man feel for him. Yeah, I've got that feeling like I'm not bothered if he's playing or not. Yeah, based and on other players, I, I was, I was going to ask you that because we, I mean, at the start of the season, I think we talked about you know the notion of can Rashford, you know, play with a striker, striker, and I think. I think, uh, you, you know, your hope, my, my suggestion maybe was that, well, they, Rashford did it with Martial a few years ago, so who's more of a striker? So wh- why not? But it does seem that he's, Rashford is struggling to adapt to last season, obviously being the main man for United, being the main goal threat and, 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 and source of goals. And that was easier to do because the strikers, who are your main options up front last season, Veghorst, and well, Vegast and Marcel, wasn't it? Yeah. So not not strictly, you know, pure nines who want to, who are obsessed with scoring themselves and who need to be need to be fed. Uh, you know, more like facilitator like players. If you think of you know Firmino and Salah and Mane, for example, Firmino is not a goal, not necessarily a goal scorer. He's a facilitator for wider goal scorers. Yeah. Um, yeah, he seems to be struggling to adapt to not being that guy. And he seems to be struggling to think of, oh, actually, maybe Hoyland should be the main source of goals here. And he's not really yeah. added that creative nature to his game. Yeah, it, it, it feels like he's he's too, you know, he wants to be too direct for the wing. He wants to be too, I want to take on this man. Whereas Ganaucho on the other side, like I feel like Ganaucho going to the right has helped a lot because he's he's shown he's got two feet and he's shown that he's he makes him think more on the ball you know where shall I pass to now in these positions and and that's what I think Rashford needs to do more of he needs to just slow down you know you don't need to drive into the the box all the time and try and have a shot be that extra pass because the amount of times it's been a good attack and he just sits on the ball too long and then ends up trying to take on a player but just make that extra pass you know, he, you've got a striker there that isn't too greedy. He's not going to sit on the ball and have a shot every time. He's going to give it you back. Mm. Like, Hoyland's always making extra passes and holding the player, player up. Use him. Use him to get you goals. You know, and he just, I just, he's not, had a, he's not having a good year at all, Rashford. And 
I, I would like to see him start performing better, but I, I'm at the position he, now where it's like, can he become that facilitator? There's no, there's no reason why not. We've seen we've seen over a, a, you know a couple of a couple of years that he's he's brilliant and he can do it. He can provide. He got a lot of assists last season, but I just feel like he's forcing it too much at the moment. And I don't know if it's pressure. I don't know if it's you know he wants to needs to get on the score sheets, but he just needs. To, I think he just needs to get back to the simple, the drawing board, and just to make it simple. Yeah, and. I think there was an interesting quote because United's new CEO, uh, formerly of Manchester City, uh, uh, Omar Barada, he said something along the lines of, there's not, I can't remember the exact quotes, I'm going to horribly misquote him there, but it was basically like, we're not going to have any cash cows here. We're not going to have anyone who isn't pulling their weight from a footballing perspective. There is, and there are no untouchables, was basically what he said. Now that's, I don't, he obviously wasn't directing that at anyone in particular, but the first player I thought of when he said that was Rashford, because yeah. you did you did, you did get the air that, because he's, you know, United fan, local lad, academy player, blah, 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 he's the golden boy for Man United. He can basically do no wrong for Man United. Is, is his... Place at United under threat by by those quotes from Barada if he's not able to, as we've discussed, add that creative nature to his game. He should be. I think it really. I really think it should be because you know United need this kick up the backside as a club, and no one should be protected at all. Not a single player. Big sacrifices are going to have to be made, and if that means selling one of your highest paid assets and getting a reasonable amount of money for him. You, you cash in on it and be like, I've seen plenty of United players leave. Beckham left, Keane left in these kind of circumstances. You know, you grow attached to these players and then they end up going. And that's just how it is. It happens at every team. You've just got to grin and bear it and let them move on. And then you'll get to a point when you have a squad of players where there's not a single player really that you'll look at and go, why is he there still? Get rid of him. Because we ne- even when City lose, we don't, have, we don't have podcasts where we're talking about certain City players. Are they good enough to play for City? Because you know that the squad is good enough to play for the club. And that's the feeling that United need to get back again, that there's a squad of players that are good enough and that mm. are playing. And it does mean that players like Rashford will have to be put up for sale if they're not pulling the weight and let the team build build a team rather than just, you know, you got, you're got starting to build an 11. You know, you've got you've got um, Maynou, Ganaucho and Hoyland now who are clearly all best buds. I mean, like, for example, the goal, the goal, Ganacho's goal, and they're all sitting together. It's, you know, brilliant atmosphere. And then you've got this one winger on the side that's like being pushed in the team every time. Doesn't just doesn't, doesn't sit right with me, that type of feeling. Yeah, I think I agree that there should be no, no one should be safe. And not exactly. the, the best clubs do not have sentimentality in that respect. It's like, you know, it's great that you're in a academy, academy play, but if you aren't pulling your weight, you aren't pulling your weight. Um, yeah, you, t- you touched, I think sort of like the last thing I want to touch on in the United section, unless there's anything else you wanted to touch on. Um, I didn't think United were that good in the first half, to be honest, uh, they, but they brought it back. They brought it around in the second half. That's fine. What I would say is that the midfield does look a bit more secure now that Maynou isn't being asked to play as now it's now six. You know what I mean? Casemiro's come back yeah. into the team. He's obviously the, the main defensive midfielder, Maynou alongside him in, in what I think is, is his better position, you know, alongside a proper defensive midfielder. Um, and obviously, like uh, United got most of their plays back from injury, apart from Martinez who picked up another injury. Um, what is the sort of? I mean, h- how happy have you been with with that? You know, uh, added midfield balance, 
And sort of like, what's the end? Yeah. What's the what's the end goal for this United side this season? What what can they achieve? What can they do? Yeah, I, th- I think um, having Casemiro back and allowing Manu to push up higher is miles better. He's, he's I feel like Manu's too good to be wasted at six on his own. Definitely, he's not. He's not that type of player. He's that good on the ball. Like his his goal against Wolves just proves it. He's. He, he, he's 18 and he just took the, he took the game by the book of the neck and went I'm just going to take everyone on and score he reminds me of a and, very young Pogba yeah exactly yeah and clearly he's timed it right where he's coming to the team at the right time that's needed that type of player in midfield and it is, he does give the vibe of what Ten Hag wanted in De Jong when he wanted him mm. that type of player to kind of connect the dots between midfield and attack which is what he's doing and having having Casemiro behind him who can just you know mop up which he's, I think he's been doing brilliantly, especially with, I think it was Hoyland's goal when he stepped up and nicked it. Very similar to, uh, well, actually, I think it was um, Foden's hat third goal, wasn't it? I mm. think Rodri stepped up and nicked it. And that's what they've lacked on, is that kind of player reading the game. And that's really helped. And if the team can stay fit, then the defence can, obviously now it depends who's going to partner Varane now, with Martinez being out for another two months. If they, if they can stay fit, the defence, especially having Shaw back as well, and the midfield can stay fit and they can have this steady amount of games, I don't. there's no reason why they can't finish top four or even push on the FA Cup. Mm. But again, it's, it's, it's hoping these injuries, these players stay fit because they can't constantly play 90 minutes. Casemiro can't play 90 minutes constantly if neither can Varane. So it just Martinez is out for like another month and a half, isn't it? Eight weeks, I think it is. Yeah. Yeah. So I think he misses the so, City game. Which is frustrating, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it, it's going to miss it because that like, these last couple of games, having Martinez there just proved you can just see the love clearing the ball and when he's on the pitch. That passion was there for defending, mm. which hasn't been there for the last few months. So yeah. he's a defending <laughs> defender, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So um, yeah, it's going to be interesting, but I, I, I can see them. I hope they push on because I think they, they need to and. You know, there's, the, there's so the, much potential proving. in that team. That's the exactly, thing. Yeah, there's so many good youngsters there and good players and good older players to learn from. It's, uh, injuries haven't helped. I don't want to use the injury excuse, but it hasn't. It's proved it across most teams this season. But if they can stay fit now, there's no reason why they can't push on top four. Mm. Yeah, well, they, they've certainly got yeah. a very talented squad. Uh, some, some very young players, you know, we've touched on Hoyland, Gnacho, Mainu. Uh, Martinez, if he, if he can get back to fitness, Luke Shaw is very good when he's good. I know Anan has dropped some clangers this season, but he's also dropped some good performances as well. There's definitely something to build on. I just question for the future, and this is something we discussed in the last podcast. You know, if you're in EOS, it's Jim Ratcliffe, whatever. Do you look at Ten Hag and go, yeah, he's the, he's the guy to he's the guy to lead us in this new, brand new, bold yeah. era. I'm still not convinced that he knows what he's doing personally. No, I'm no, neither am I. Like I'm, I'm hit and miss with it. But again, I, I've said this since I knew this Ineos thing was going to happen. You've got to trust them. Yeah, they, they, they've come in and they're gonna, they, they're gonna rip the team to shreds. They're gonna rip the club to shreds. They're seriously make, they're involves, making the right noises. Yeah, exactly. And if if they do in the coming the summer and they rip the club to shreds, and if managers leave, if players leave that are your favourite players don't start blaming the Nios you blame the state of the club in the last 10 years it's mm. nothing to do with them they're having to start from scratch it might mean next season we finish 8th but we might have a completely new team which is exactly what they need to have yeah. that can push on in a couple of years I think that's a very healthy mindset and I think yeah. that's a very unrelated point but that's, that's, that's where Barcelona have gone wrong for me 
uh, you know, when there was the whole financial issue started to arise and the whole, you know, messy leaving wages, blah, 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 yeah. They, they, they had to reset and focus more on youth and like then, get rid of their biggest assets. All the money that all the money that they've had to they've saved with Messi, they bought Lewandowski on massive wages. And, and, that, and that was so that, and that was a mistake. It's like, it's, like, it's like you've got a, you've got a collapsing bridge and you just keep putting wooden stool, wooden stools in it to keep yeah. it up. Just let the bridge fall and rebuild it properly. Yeah, exactly. And who who yeah. cares if United have one bad season? They've been bad for over ten years. Who cares? But that's what I mean. You're not just go. Well, we place the manager, and then the manager can spend another five hundred million, and then go. Oh, cool, we finished top four again, and then the season after be a mess. Just, just let them let them build a structure and go from there. Gaskey, do you have anything else you'd like to add to United to the United game before we move on to Nobcas? <laughs> Nothing more for me. No. Uh, happy no. with the win, obviously. Very happy. Yeah, excellent stuff. Who do you play next? Oh, I know that. Villa. Someone away. Villa away. Oh, oh. And, and as we know, United do not beat teams in the top ten away. Mm. So this this could be this game is the perfect point to prove the last couple of performances. Yeah, because yeah, Villa have been on a, sign of things to come. Villa have been on a relative downward spiral compared to what they were a few months ago. So Villa, well, it's weird because Villa Villa at home, apart from the Newcastle game, Villa at home has been they've been what perfect. Then they've battered Sheffield United away so they're proving that the Villa are a really good team but go and beat them now yeah uh, away finally break that curse push on there we go Nob Gas Patreon supporter questions thank you guys so much for supporting us on Patreon if you would, if you would like to do that and also get access to perks including asking us questions uh, the Patreon link will be in the video description and the show notes of the podcasts uh, I've just pick, picked out two for uh, this a week just because we need to wrap up the show uh, imminently. Uh, Toby in the first instance asks Nelson Mandela how many pints? Um, he is dead, Toby. So, um, one. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm not going to engage no. in that. No, no, we don't. We don't, we don't play that game. No, no. Uh, and Ed and Ed asks an actual question: If you had to watch a football derby match which didn't contain the team you supported in person. What match would it be Ooh. and why? Ooh. Great question. Um, That's a good one. I would want to go somewhere which isn't too hostile. So I wouldn't want to go to Turkey, for example. Oh, no, 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 thanks. I, I it's d- tough for me because I think most are hostile. Like, I'd, I'd like the old firm might be quite good. But yeah, back, back in the day when they kicked the living shit out of each other, <laughs> that would have been, you know, that would have been, been cracking to watch. Um I think I'd like to see a oh. Milan derby because even if the oh, game's yeah. rubbish, yeah. you're in Milan. So you can have a nice oh, day yeah, out. Yeah. yeah, just an excuse to go for it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. I'm no, thinking that, more cool. like that. Milan derby, yeah. Yeah. Um, what else? Uh, Burn, uh, uh, El Clasico isn't really oh, El that. Oh, El Clasico is a shout. Yeah, it is. I, I was going to say, back in the day, I'd have been all up for that, but. Oh, easily. But but nowadays, I'm not Messi so sure if I'm. Ronaldo, now it's nice. But, yeah. yeah, exactly. No, no disrespect to the players currently on show, but it's not the same level, is it? I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm, th- yeah. I'm thinking Milan just because, as I say, night, very Milan nice city. Classico are probably the two to go for. Yeah, or if you want to take a race, you could do Roma Lazio. You're still in a nice city, well, yeah. but you would have to nice deal with a, um, a bit more crazy that one. Very you? aggressive fans <laughs> uh, there. Yeah. So. Uh, wh- where else? What, what's what's the PSG? Do PSG have a derby? Yeah, I think they do. Who, who's it? No, the, is it PSG Marseille? Yeah, so, so that that's like the El Clasico. But it's not it's not strictly a derby though, is it? Because they're not local. It's not it, yeah, I, I can't remember who else is in. Who well, else to be is fair, in neither is El Clasico. It's not, it's not no, a derby, is it? No. I don't know because PSG have one. Yeah, I can't remember. Does it? Does oh, it I, I, PSV. Do derby games count if they aren't local? Is the whole point they have to be local? It's, so is El Clasico well, a derby? 
Well, that's a rivalry, isn't it? It's like United Liverpool. It's a rivalry, isn't it? It's not a derby. You know, it's labelled the Northwest Derby, though. United Liverpool. I, I, you know, what? I've never heard it called that. Yeah, maybe that's just like a Wikipedia thing. I just like remember researching it. I don't know, at some point. I, to me, it's always just been United Liverpool's just been well. United Arsenal had the rivalry, didn't they? And people consider that a derby, you know, in yeah. the early 90s. So it's there you go. A, 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 com- a conversation on the lexicon of derby. What usage. defines a derby? Exactly. Geograph- geography. Yeah, in, in my Make head, a derby. a derby has to has to have yeah geography. And if I it's think, not, yeah, I think it's a rivalry. Knows. It's a rivalry, yeah. Like like the classica, for example, you know, Bayern versus Dortmund. Then no, Munich's nowhere near Dortmund. That can't be a derby. Exactly. It's a it's a it's a rivalry, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Like, Was it Dortmund Schalke? I think that's the actual derby. Um, I might be wrong. That might be a whole different discussion. You know, like the top five derbies and stuff. So I've got a lot to say about the United Liverpool derby. Um, Do you know? I what? think it's overrated. Could that could that rivalry, be could that sorry. be another segment in one of the podcasts? Absolutely, it could be a top five top rivalries. Five and, yeah. and, guy, if, and if you're a Patreon supporter, you'll be able to get involved in that. Um, maybe we'll do like top five British derbies just to, and then maybe expand it to like, you know, non-British sort of thing. Uh, there's a lot to talk about there. Sounds um, good. Because you've got a lot of things to consider, you know, quality of the match, history of the fixture, etc., etc. Gasky, yeah. do you have anything else to add before we wrap up, mate? I have nothing. I have um, I have belief in my team back again, you know, just to be chopped down again, I assume, in a couple of weeks, but I'll take what I've got. <laughs> Fantastic. Uh, yeah, massive wins for City and United. United, uh, back to winning ways. City continuing this run. That's now five on the bounce for Man City in the Premier League. Nine in all competitions, I think. That winning run is really starting. Winning's so overrated, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so, look, you can't have wins and the good feeling of winning without also losing. Yeah, exactly. It's like good and evil, yeah. yeah? What, it's, that, it's, that, it's the hope that weighs it. It's the hope that kills you, and yeah. my, that's what I have at the moment. <laughs> Indeed, there, there you go. So, Gasky's going to die by hope. You heard it here first. I've been Nobbins. I've been Gasky, and we'll catch you guys next time. Really hope you've enjoyed it. Thank you so much for listening. Make sure to follow to always stay updated. Goodbye, guys. <laughs>